That was great. Thank you. I came up with that like while this was happening. I'm so happy for you, Lynn. Thank you. I'm, well, get, I'm getting pretty good at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome back to Sorry We're Open. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Jess. And this is episode seven. Wow. Who thought we'd make it this far? <laughs> Honestly, not us. <laughs> Wait, have you seen that gif of Paul Rudd? No. Well, I'll have to link it in the episode now that we've talked about it or in the in the Instagram post. Um, but yeah, time for time for a little life update. So this past weekend, um, well, actually, it's so hard to like talk about things that are going to happen. But then when you listen to it, it will have already happened. <laughs> That's a mood. <laughs> Problem okay. with recording on the prior Thursday. Yes. Um, but so I'll just. We're recording this on Halloween, so everyone knows. Happy Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't feel like Halloween just because we've been celebrating it for like, what was it, 11 days? <laughs> yeah, a lot of days. <laughs> a lot of days. Um, but I'm going up to Syracuse this weekend to visit one of my best friends. And I'm really excited because I've never been to like a Syracuse football game. And for four years, I've been like wanting to go. And so finally making it happen senior year. So I'm super excited. And... They're playing Boston College, which is my brother's school. My Yeah, so I'm excited to, like, text him a picture in, like, a bright orange sweatshirt when I'm rooting for Syracuse. That's so fun. Yes. Are you, is the game at Syracuse? It is at Syracuse. So it's going to be chilly. But it'll be fun. That's so fun. I know. I'm really excited. All right, Jessica, let's see if she thinks of anything on the spot. Guys, I'm really getting bad at this. My life update is that I'm so busy. That's boring. And I, I like, didn't have a good week. Oh, if, if we're being open. Okay, I didn't well, really have a good week. I'm sorry to hear that. But I'm, I'm excited to be recording the pod this week. Um, we had, you know, you know, somebody's got to acknowledge when you don't have the best week. Yeah, I don't that, really have a life update because I've had a rough week. But okay. you know what? Next week will be better, and that's what you got to focus on. I respect the hell out of that. And I'm drinking a chai tea latte that Lindsay got me right now, mm-hmm. so I'm very happy. <laughs> She's very content now. And it's from like a really good coffee place. It's like actual chai. Yeah, it's not like like the fake chai. I was going to say juice, but it's not juice. It's definitely not juice. It's like chai milk. It's not that. <laughs> it's not it's like actually, a, there's actually a tea bag in my yes, drink. Yes, there actually is a tea which bag. Which I was kind of confused about, but I'm into it. Yeah, it's it's authentic, mm-hmm. one would say. Alrighty, Lindsay. Would you like to introduce the next segment? Keg stands. I'm going to sing it every time I think we introduce it. So this, <laughs> this week's topic on keg stands. Let me tell you guys. I'm, I'm laughing before we've even started discussing this. So like this was not the topic we're going to discuss was like not even on our radar. We were probably going to talk about something dumb. But then this thing happened today. Lindsay, why don't you tell us what happened today? So one of our friends, was she approached by this? Sugar? You need to tell the story. All right, okay. So. <laughs> The topic we're discussing is sugar daddies. <laughs> we can't even say it with like a fucking straight face. Lizzie, could you define a sugar daddy for our audience? Um, like honestly, not well, but a sugar daddy is an older man typically that gives weekly, like weekly, monthly, daily allowance. It could be like a whole multitude of things, but these allowances to younger women for literally nothing. Like, they could just, like, text this guy, like, hey, good morning, how are you? And, like, bang, 200 bucks. Or 
you know, there there could be like a little bit more involved with it. You know, they could like just go out on dates. It's not sex work either. It's not like you're not selling yourself. Um, you're like selling your time. Right. So, anyways, the reason we're discussing this is because this morning, <laughs> our friend got approached via Instagram DMs by a sugar daddy. I feel like this is also not the first time that this no, has happened this, to her. This has happened more than once to her. <laughs> she, so, she got approached by a sugar daddy requesting her sugar baby services that she's never engaged in. Right, right. Um, for our audience, a sugar baby is the recipient of a sugar daddy's money because yes. we're going to be using both terms so I just want to make sure everyone's on the same page. So, she was approached by this this man. So, naturally, we like flipped out. We're like, let's do this great idea. So, she sends it in our um, sorority house group me that has like 80 people in it and everyone's like, oh my God. So, we start to have this lengthy conversation about sugar daddies and we learned a lot. Yeah, and then we even did our own research because... Because naturally, that's what we do. Right. So we're here to give you the 411 on sugar daddies. <laughs> I like nothing I say right now is going to come out. Like, I am laughing so much even just like thinking about this topic. Uh, but I'm glad it, I'm glad it kind of came up. Um, so step one, how do you typically get a sugar daddy sugar baby? There's a couple ways. There is a couple ways. One, I guess, is Instagram DMs. Apparently. <laughs> People in their Instagram bios have, like, looking for a sugar baby. Right. And then it's also, I've seen it on Twitter, too. Like, these guys will, like, tweet out, like, offering sugar daddy services to the first, like, hundred girls who, like, retweet this. It's ridiculous. Like First a hundred? Jeez. Yeah, no, it's, they have a lot of money. I don't know where these sugar daddies get their money from, but it's plentiful. So then, if you don't do it through social media, there is a website called SeekingArrangement.com. Similar to like a match.com. You can join it saying whether you're a sugar daddy or sugar baby and you can, you know, say what you're looking for in your sugar partner. Um, and <laughs> sugar partner. And you can get matched with a sugar daddy, sugar baby. So we learned some statistics that we'd like to tell you. Please enlighten us, Jessica. The average sugar daddy is 38 years old. And so, see, that seems young to me. I feel like they're, like, how do you have that much money at, at 38, you Well, know? think about it. If you, like, make it big right out of college and you, like, are retired, one of those people who retires at 35. That, who the fuck? I have literally I have a family friend. Okay. <laughs> he's not a sugar daddy, I hope. But <laughs> well, you don't know his he, life. He's married with kids. <laughs> well, he it's a side business. <laughs> so the average sugar daddy is 38 years old and they make $250,000 annually on average. Okay. Okay. And the average sugar baby is 25, so really right in our wheelhouse. Yeah, I was going to say. And they make, on average, um, $3,000 to $5,000 a month. That's a lot of fucking money for those of you. How much is that annually, Jessica? Quick maths. Um, you know, let's, let's say it's 3000 and we do a times, times 12, 12 is 48. Is, no, it's not 48. <laughs> what is it? 36. Fuck! <laughs> Four. Four times 12. Wow, I should not be a finance major. So it's $3,000 per month, twelve thirty-six thousand dollars $36,000 in a year for talking to... And that seems to be the low level. So if you're making $3,000, that may be like you're interacting with your sugar daddy once a month. But some of them get... That's their like pay for... It's not even pay. It's considered a gift in sugar by daddy sugar baby world. It's a gift. In sugar world. So you 
But then on top of those um, gifts for hanging out or texting or whatever your arrangements are, you also get allowances. So maybe many of these sugar babies are also receiving a $3,000 allowance, which would make them get $6,000 a month. Oh, oh, so, oh, I see. So you just get like a weekly allowance so for like, just like existing and then you get more money like when you like interact with them. So on this website that I read about <laughs> this situation, this woman says that she sees him twice a month and gets paid $700 every time she sees him. Okay, $1,400. Yes. So she's saying that her, so another important thing is that in these sugar baby, sugar daddy relationships, you set like expectations and compensation. So it could be like you only text, you've never met them in person. See, honestly, boundaries are like, and guidelines are so important. In and every like, relationship. Right. People can learn a lot from sugar world. <laughs> sugar world. I can't get over that. Because I was going to say like, kind of, we can get into this a little bit later after we're done with the, the stats and figures. But, like, just the idea of it makes me a little bit uncomfortable. But the fact that there's all these, like, guidelines, you know? Exactly. So you can have a purely platonic sugar daddy, sugar baby wow, relationship. Wow, fucking full circle. <laughs> so this woman says she makes 1500 a month when she sees him. Plus, he gives her a $3,000 allowance, putting her at roughly $5,000 a month in income. That's $60,000 a year. That math I can do. <laughs> and that's with one sugar daddy. Right. And you, you have- theoretically could balance like three. Oh, absolutely. Maybe when I'm a, if I'm a part-time student next semester. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was going to get a job at the local coffee shop, but maybe I'll just become a sugar baby. <laughs> hey, mom, instead of getting a job, I'm going to become a sugar baby. <laughs> <laughs> so also, basically, they really do not like when they say getting paid. Specifically, they like to, the sugar daddies like to say it's a gift. So many students, this one woman used her money from sugaring, is that a verb? She used it to pay for her MBA. That's crazy. That's a full business degree. That is. And then someone else had a, had a friend who said they, they used their sugar money to pay rent. Like he literally paid her rent. Like, can you imagine? No, literally no. <laughs> and like, you know what I want them to do? I want them to pay for my spring, dra- spring break trip. Ideally, yes. Mr. Sugar Daddy. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and they also, they use words such as spoiling because they're using gifts. Oh. And they very much differentiate themselves from sex work. This woman says she's had over 10 um, sugar daddies in her lifetime and doesn't use, has never been intimate with any of them. That's a crazy statistic. And they travel together and they stay in separate hotel rooms. What? That's wild. Like, it's a full-ass job. That's kind of really interesting. So I want to hear, I want to talk about now is like our our own thoughts on it. Okay. Because, so what, are you like pro-sugar world? Well, here's the thing. I don't really like the thought. Okay, one thing is I don't want to say that it's only, it seems primarily that men are sugar daddies and women are sugar babies. And I don't really like that that's the power dynamic. It seems that there are some that are reversed, but it's more primarily in like, the classic heteronormative way. Obviously. So that's like a little annoying because I don't like thinking that it's like, it could be framed potentially that I like need men to, you know, make money to be successful. So I'm not really a huge fan of that part. But honestly, I think it's, if if you're going around it the right way, like that's like, that could be a potentially really good income. Right. But see, my thing is, I feel wildly uncomfortable accepting like, any sort of money from a stranger, like, let alone thousands of dollars a month. I feel like that makes me 
kind of but even if like, you were skeeved pro- out. What if you were providing some kind of emotional support? Like, what if your job was to text, like, emotionally hype up this sugar daddy? I would, I would feel icky. I think I would feel icky. Would you feel icky because it feels inauthentic? Yeah. And also, like, a text, like, like a couple texts a week or, like, a couple texts a month, and, and to be receiving that amount of money seems, I don't know, just, it, something doesn't seem right. Like, there's such I mean, an imbalance. And, it's an imbalance of power. Right. And, and that makes me feel gross like do i think i'd ever do it no right okay but i think that i don't i'm not like looking down on others who choose it because no, I'm absolutely like, i'm like power to you i was me. just gonna say power to you like good if you're for paying, you if you're paying off some people have paid full their full college ride like people go into thousands and thousands of dollars in debt good for them can you imagine paying it off in doing this like you're going to dinner with them and i'm not saying like I only read a few articles. I'm no expert in the sugaring world, but I think it's a very interesting concept. No, I, I do as well, and I like totally respect people who like do this. Like, absolutely. If but you I'm, do this, can you please hit us up? If you are listening and you've done this, we are begging you to hit us up. I, we want to know. I I need some like real life stories. I just I don't know if like uh, me personally would feel comfortable doing it. But yeah, I don't I don't think I could do it personally, knowing myself. But I do think it's a very interesting concept. Yeah. And our one friend um, who was approached by the sugar daddy on, on Instagram this morning, um, she was like, that's it. I'm signing up for seeking arrangements. Like, <laughs> She sent him her Venmo. <laughs> he has not responded yet, but stay tuned. Maybe that'll be the podcast update next Maybe. week. Maybe. Uh, hopefully there is some kind of headway in that area. Yeah. So if you've ever, if you know anyone or you've experienced anything in the sugaring world, we are very curious very about it. Very curious. And like business insider isn't enough for me right now. I need <laughs> I need the real tea. I was going to say real world experiences. Yeah. Um, so hit us up with any information you have. Yeah. All right. So next we have our guest segment. Hello, guest. Hi, host. <laughs> I'm I'm guest. Guest, do you have a name? I'm Alexis. <laughs> I'm Alexis Raskin. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for being on the pod after Jessica harassed you at Dollar Drinks every you know every every week. <laughs> it was it was consistent. It was a consistent harassment for about four weeks. Uh, but but here you are. But here I broke down. <laughs> like so, so something worked. Um. Well, that was like the first thing we talked to. I think we met and then we hung out once and then you're like, so podcast. And I was like, all right, I'm listening. But I love podcasts. I love radio. So like, I'm, yeah. I'm in for this. Yeah, Alexis even has her own little They're podcast. holding a gun to my head. <laughs> I have to be here. No, I'm here. Fuck. <laughs> busted no i'm here because i want to be here this is yeah, a lot of fun great uh, super exciting all right so what topic did you bring so my topic um is mental health and mass incarceration mostly about like criminal justice all of that really interests me so i'm kind of like open to whatever in that uh, right yeah i mean jessica and i really have um negative knowledge in the Mass incarceration, criminal justice area. So we did we did a little research. Um, there you go. Yeah, so. And let me let me start by saying I am also not an expert, not a lawyer. I'm not a psychiatrist. I am I'm a person. <laughs> I am a student, and it interests me a lot. I wish I was a psych major. Like looking back at it, right? But, um, it's something that's like really interests me recently because I have been tutored. I have. 
that's close to my <laughs> I um I started tutoring at Northampton County Prison about like a year and a half ago and it just kind of opened my eyes to that because you're in the prison and um you see like the conditions that um that people live in and it's conditions that really no one should live in and Northampton County especially people are there mostly for like two years they're mostly nonviolent criminals and um most of the students who I've tutored so I help them get their GED and that's like the high school diploma which is really fun because like that opens so much for them when they get out because you really need a high school diploma for you need a college diploma for unfortunately most yeah the way this society works yeah but they can get like a couple entry-level jobs with the high school diploma so that's huge um and like getting them to I had my my inmate just got his social science uh, section oh done, my God, that's so awesome. which was really fun. <laughs> um, which it does mean now I have to tutor him in math, which is like, oh, don't okay. I was like well, rushing yeah. up on PEMDAS. I was like, wait, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you may need to tutor me. Um, uh, but yeah, a lot of them spend like 23 hours a day in a six by eight foot cell, and it's like these are nonviolent people. These are a lot of people who have drug addiction, so it's like, it's like not their and right I mean I, the way the brains are wired yeah I mean it's like you have repeat crimes of like the same thing same drug use like they're here because obviously they need help and I think a lot of times like the pr- the prison system thinks that it's being more rehabilitative than it actually is so like the programs are not as effective they'll have people who come in who are like high on meth and they don't have the proper medication to like have someone come down cleanly, I think is right, you know, and yeah. so, um, I mean, I and that's kind of what got me interested in this. Um, but yeah, I, um, I think we're all criminals. I was, <laughs> I think we like, I, I was thinking about it. No, we are. No, you're right. Let's think of okay, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I want to hear your explanation. Drinking underage, yes, has since birth, right? Yes, <laughs> since birth, right. Mm-hmm. Baby from, Alexis drank. <laughs> you heard from, it here first. From the womb. Then, how many kids on campus smoke weed? Um, how many kids on campus have hit a car and driven off? How many kids on campus have maybe hit someone when they're drunk? Right. That's a felony. Yeah. That's like, you could be, and that all comes down to like, okay, what's your race? What's your socioeconomic background? What is your mental state because when you're in court and you can't and they're like you know how people when you get pulled over by the cops you can finagle and say oh I'm so sorry I was you know I'm so tired it's been a long day especially if you're a pretty girl if you're a pretty girl (laughs) then you're golden you are above the law right as a woman but I mean people who can't process reality like the way that we can people who I don't know what the right word is normal people with uh Without a mental illness. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yes. Yeah. Does anyone who... Okay, I thought about this yesterday, really derailing us quickly. Do you really think anyone doesn't have a mental illness? Like, do you think... I feel like most people have some kind of mental difficulty. I I, I kind think, of agree with you. <laughs> I think a lot of people have mental illnesses, and then you look at people who have, like, severe mental illness, like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and that's more than you think. It's not, like, rare case scenario, and then they'll get... They'll get incarcerated because of something like, you know, shouting loudly in public. Or maybe they're stealing something because they are um, f- 
food food insecure. I mean, right. So it's like, is that a crime? I, you know, it's tough. I think it's really interesting to think about how society impacts you, like cr- becoming a criminal. Because, like, especially when you compare, like, when I compare myself um, as like a white female who grew up in a good home where I was never food insecure, I went to really good schools that set me up to go to college versus someone who maybe doesn't have those resources. They're working two jobs in high school to play, pay for food for their family or they don't have the resources to do get tutored to, to get like a great score on the SAT to get into a good college, to get a good scholarship. Like thinking about how that leads people to crime or like makes them at a higher risk for crime. Right. Which kind of brings me to the question. I did. I, I read an article. Um, but you read. I did. Oh, I, well, I can read yeah. just a little bit, like <laughs> at like a third grade level. Um, <laughs> yes, college. <laughs> um, what would you read? But, I, oh, I love it. Um, but the article posed the question, like, are people born criminals or are we socialized to become criminals, like because of the society that we live in? Right. And it's like, I think I think, too, that asked the question. A lot of people have the misconception that prison is to keep society safe and that these are like like I told my grandma that I'm tutoring men at a prison and she was like no you're not no you're not (laughs) no she's almost 90 so she I was probably shouldn't tell her these things because I just need her to yeah so so we stopped I was like okay you're right I stopped it um but these are not animals and I think so the guy who I tutor now Corey um, what's up, Corey? <laughs> totally does, listening. I was gonna to say, this. does he have accents? What do you listen? Not at all. Maybe I can get him somehow a radio, but um, <laughs> or you know, they don't. They the secure, internet. They, they give you some security, like when you go through, you can't bring in anything metal. So okay. We'll oh, this out. is we'll okay. Figure it out. I'll send him a telegram. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, a transcript of the, of the just, podcast. I'm gonna do a live reading of the voices. <laughs> that would be good, dude. That would be really, really good. Really fucking good. <laughs> So, what was I saying? Oh, so he's got, actually, and he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Really? He's the one who just passes um, social science. Oh. Um, he has skeleton on his neck, skeleton tattoos. He's got teardrop tattoos on his eyes, which if you ever were, like, a little Wayne fan or, like, really looked up gangster tattoos, <laughs> I the internet says it means you killed someone, but he didn't kill someone. So, I think it's just to look really hard. Right. And he's got skeletons on his hands. His hands say death um, and then, like, life after death or something like that. He looks intimidating. Yeah, just from the way you're describing it. Um, and when, I mean, I try I try never to judge people by how they look. Because, right. Because, like, we're so, it's, we're so much more sure than that. But I sat down next to him and I was, like, a little bit just nervous. Yeah. And then he talked and he just sounds, like, exactly like a white Snoop Dogg. <laughs> like he's the funniest guy and he like we started talking about his court orders and he was like yeah it sucks because like i know before before i get to court like they they already will never think i'm innocent right and just, just like from the way he looks based, based on how he looks and i was like yeah i mean because because even though you can like condition yourself to like sometimes like when i see people like walking down the street you like instantly judge them i don't know what it is like yeah. something in my brain i'm like why? Why, why do you like, Why did shirt? I think that? Yeah, and it's like let her wear that shirt. I know, and then like I, <laughs> but I have to like correct myself to like yeah. think otherwise. I hate that it's a trained behavior, but it's something that I was like, 
this is such a nice guy. And I, uh, within working with him for like three weeks, he already passed his test. So I think more of the mindset we need as a society, we live in a society. (laughs) (laughs) We need to think more of prison is like, these are people that we're pushing out. Mm -hmm. And instead of these are people that we want to keep away from. I mean, there are people who kill and murder and rape. And like, yes, that's a different, that's a different segment of prisons and I agree. then you have people who are um you know they're not even they can't pay off their bail so they're they're sitting in jail and they're treated like this and these are people who we want to keep on the outside skirts of society and um that makes me upset yeah i have a fact about that i was trying to find it no you go for it oh okay um so currently there's 356,000 inmates with serious mental illness so that means schizophrenia schizoaffective, bipolar disorder, major depression, or like brief psychotic disorder. Um, And they are just sitting in like loud prisons, which you can already imagine is like someone who has um, a stable mind. It's It's a very, it's a psychosis inducing environment. Absolutely. And like me going into just like the area where they have the classrooms, like you Mm -hmm. walk through, so you walk into the prison, they, they metal detect you, they take like anything you have that's metal and you walk through the first door you walk through a second door you go through an elevator you go down you go down two more doors and these are all like padlocked secured and it smells Mm. like fish yeah i can't imagine it smells any sort of lights are on 24 7 loud screaming that's like terrifying but like shouting yeah like throughout the night there's yelling and you walk down the hallway and it's like gray and dimly lit and it's just like I'm only seeing the education sector right where like the classrooms are where they do um anger management they do like yoga um they have a chaplain come in to like the more religious inmates um and I remember last summer hearing because I started last fall that there was the AC had shut down and instead of like putting funds towards fixing that they like had a temporary solution for about two months that was just give the inmates ice bags. Um, hmm. So, actually, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And these are these are nonviolent criminals. These are people who are in six by eight foot cages for like less than two years. So, when you talked about programming, like, do you think that kind of programming like leads to successful? Because I mean, the recidiv the recidiv recidivism the recidivism rate um is so high in the u.s do you think programs like the ones you described are helping like people be able to you know promote success after prison i think some do i think the ones that relate to mental health and drug abuse often don't and you look at okay like how much how much funding a prison gets and it comes down to the funding the staff and the effort is the effort there to want to really rehabilitate these people. And oftentimes it's no. And I think sometimes it can be really helpful. And there are classes that are like teach someone how to do their taxes or like how to apply for a job. And that can really help. But I mean, th- this has been how our country has run since before we were a country. I mean, I think like, for example, like war on drugs. Yeah. When you looked at like that period of our nation's history, Mm -hmm. anyone who smoked pot, and usually these were people who are of lower socioeconomic backgrounds, are of color and are 
sometimes not, who have mental illness a lot of time. Or, uh, these are the people that that's targeting. Right. So some of it works. I think a lot of it makes their time more enjoyable. Like there is, I just read there's um, like this program that does Shakespeare in prisons and that, like, <laughs> you know, it engages yeah. them and it definitely helps the time pass. But like how effective that is, it's really hard to tell. Right. And then I feel like when these people do get out of prison, like regardless of whether or not like they received their GED, like which is great, great step forward. But I feel like as a society, we're kind of conditioned to like immediately uh, discount these people. Right. Especially because in most I don't know if this is a federal law or if this is by state, but most criminals can't vote after they've if they've been convicted of a felony. Wait, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so. It depends on the state. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they definitely can't vote in prison. Um, right, right. They, it de- yeah, it depends after, especially on like if they're on parole, um, but it is by state, yeah. Yeah, so according to Google, um, felons are prohibited from voting after they leave prison in federal elections um, based on the state. Maine and Vermont allow prison inmates to vote. And it's not even, I mean, a lot of them don't have an interest in voting because I, they don't have, they don't care. I mean, they're right. already so pushed down by society. The, one of my friends, Tori, she was um, tutoring a guy last year who had passed his math section before, like, because of her, he was so grateful. Um, and his time was running up and he was leaving. Um, and so he was, like gave her... Uh, his phone number because he was like I'd love to stay in contact and um, maybe you could be my tutor over Skype or something and she was like sure Aww. sure um, and I think at one point she actually called him and he had a lot of trouble when he got out because he was um, transferred from a prison in Jersey which like that's completely out of your control so, right like unless you um, y- you request a transfer because of like problems within the prison he was he was transferred so family is far away. They mm-hmm. don't have, they're working nine to five jobs. They don't have time to come and like get him. Right. It was December and he didn't have a coat. And like, cause he had been transferred when it was like August. And it's just like these little things you don't think about. Like when someone leaves, they don't have $20 to even get a bus. Like, right. That's already setting you up for so much failure. Like you can't get home. Yeah. Like what, like, what do you do? Like, I put, I don't. I literally think I would have to hitchhike and just, like, take my chances or... Uh, yeah. Because you don't have a, a, the ability to make money. So if you don't have money in your pocket, you don't have your home, you don't have your family right, right there, like, right. immediately you'd have to hitchhike or something. I I don't... I, I couldn't even imagine, like, what I would yeah. do. It's crazy. But it's definitely been eye-opening. Everyone should do it if you want. <laughs> Volunteer in a prison. Lehigh Prison Project. Yeah, there's people from like every major, which I really like because it's not just people like who are interested in politics or like interested in psych. Right. Um, there's like some engineers who do it and they're just like, this is really cool. Wait, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. So, like, what, how do you like feel, like, what is it like working like in the prison? Like, do you, uh, do you know what I'm trying to ask? Like, <laughs> I feel like afterwards when I get there it's kind of a hike because you got to drive to Easton so I'm always like oh, this takes up a lot of my day but afterwards you're like so lifted because you get to Northampton County and they're like so excited to learn like I taught a guy last week Tori the guy who I've been working with how to like actively 
read. So like annotate while you're reading and like mm -hmm. underline stuff. And that's something that he just like never learned. Right. And so they're like, they're pencil ready, like just big smiles, like, <laughs> so happy and so um, quick to pick up whatever you teach them. So right. it's really awesome. I think it makes me just like want to do more um, and like learn more about it um, because it is kind of sad too at the same time. Yeah. It's not, it's not um, like Corey, Corey likes to talk about like his court case and like his life and he has like a really good outlook look on stuff like he's like I, there's so much I can't control he was at work he was ahead on his rent and his landlord suggests uh suspected that he was doing drugs so he evicted him without like any notice and then he got home and like the cops were there and arrested him and it's just like that's so fucked that's so <laughs> frustrating dude. and like think about like ah. the impact of like that's like a lot about your situation and like what resources you have available to you like I don't know what I'm thinking like I'm really like relating this to obviously what I've seen in like TV and movies and stuff and I'm sure it's she's talking or about orange is the new black are real life <laughs> I mean orange is the new black is one of my so favorite shows I was gonna ask if you watch it I did I, f I stopped watching it just because I at school I don't have time to binge as much but I started watching jailbirds Oh, I watched Jailbirds. It's really good. I've seen them all. Girls Wait. incarcerated. Yeah. Like the whole nine yards. You know what's funny? Because like I loved in Jailbirds when they do that. It's the first episode where they talk about how in prison they have the toilets. They yes. bail out the toilets. They communicate so they, via they, toilet. They have like boyfriend and girlfriend relationships with the whoever's in the cell below them. And just to like have like a relationship, they bail out the toilets, bail out all the water. And then they like knock on it or they yell and then they can speak to each other. And they're like... They've never, they don't see each other's faces, but they're just like, hey, baby, like, like, miss you. And there was this, like, one couple who had been together for, like, I did air quotes, for, like, five <laughs> months because, like, you you just crave that, like, human relationship. And right. then they flush the toilet, hang up on them. That's, but don't you think about, like, I think that relates, like, well, that's, like, a interesting, like, funny kind of example of thinking about, like, what we do when we separate humans in isolated cells. Like, yeah. the impact of not having companionship or yeah. friendships, like, we're choosing to isolate people, whether we're saying that's for safety or et cetera, not saying that everyone can live in a social environment, but like in these low level criminals, like we're choosing to isolate them. And like, what does that do to a psyche? And how do you then like your ability to re-socialize when you're entering society? And I think I think a lot of like the psychosis that's caused by being in, in prison or being in a jail, it can be avoided if there was proper sleep, proper food and proper time to be outdoors. Like. Those are the things that you need as a healthy person. And when you take that away from someone and you're rehabilitating them, you don't know what you're, like, expecting. Right. And then, like, I, I, I've seen, like, random articles about, you know, in Europe specifically, they have much lower recidivism rates because they're allowing these criminals to have, like, outdoor time, like, mm -hmm. better living standards, better, like, environment. And, you know, they're treating them less as, like, criminals and more as, like, actual fucking people right <laughs> and i think the reason you asked me um if these programs work and the reason why i said that usually for people who have mental illness it usually doesn't mm -hmm. is because mental Ill, mentally ill people have a constitutional right to health care so it's written in the constitution but the courts have kind of left it open to like what that is so that's really open-ended as to like what a reasonable form of healthcare looks like so each prison can interpret that in their own way so is a reasonable form of healthcare like oh you were let out of a 
jail cell today and you had interaction with a human or is this group therapy? Is this, you know, the medicine that you need? Is this, you know, the staffing that we need to have hired? Well, it goes back to the fact that we don't appropriately address mental illness in our whole society. Like we're not, you know, there's still people who don't talk about their mental illness and don't seek help because they're ashamed. Like, how can we even begin to tackle it in a jail situation if we won't even tackle it in like, and I'm not saying we don't, but I'm saying in a lot of places, you know, we're talking from like a relatively liberal standpoint and like I grew up <laughs> relatively Democrat and like, so I believe in, you know, mental health care, but some people don't and some people don't believe that they should have that like right. care or that it's real or whatever. Um, So I think like, how do we even begin to tackle it in a prison if we're not tackling it in the greater world? I think, I mean, for me, I've, I'm also a Democrat, but I, I grew up in like a town that was relatively conservative. And so things like that were always shut down. Like mental health is the same as physical health. That was you would never hear mm. that or like anything really promoting, you know, if you went to therapy, you had problems. And that was like and it that, was such a close so door. Not- and it's anyway. like everyone should go to therapy. Every it's like flossing. Snaps so literally snap. <laughs> snapping over here. We're having a full show on therapy, like a full ass show. This is my therapy right now. I think yeah, and it, it's especially hard when you know some people say, "Oh, I don't need therapy because I've got a good friend group." Mm. Sometimes you need a trained professional. You need a trained professional to talk to you. Yes. Oh, what the fuck's going on in your head? Right, and then. And then at some point, like, yeah, your friends are great for some things, but then... But they're biased. They're biased, and you can end up, like, burdening your friends. And then it's also, like, not their responsibility. And then, like, they're going through their own shit, and they're taking on your shit as well. And it's like, I want to help you. I do want to help you, but I can't physically handle, mentally handle, like, all of your shit and all of my shit. Right. So then you lash out, and it's... Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone's had an experience like that when they realize... um, they're being a burden or they are getting burdened and it's yeah you know lehigh has good resources yeah i think everyone should use that yeah absolutely um, especially like while you're in college and it's like free (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm curious so i when i was doing my research i came upon a lot of arguments about mandatory minimum sentencing Mm -hmm. i wondered if you had any thoughts i think like, in what circumstance? Like, it just... Okay, so, like, any what I read was that they're trying to remove mandatory minimums <laughs> so that it can be, like, a case-by-case case instead of, like, well, you're going to serve two years and I'll decide if you serve more than two years right. for a crime such as, like, a low-level drug crime. I'm not talking, like, violent crime, as I said. We're talking more low-level crime. Like, do you think that we should move away toward, from minimum? Definitely. I mean, I think for low-level crimes especially when... So... For, again, I keep referring back to Corey, but he has a minimum of two and, like, a maximum of five right now. And, like, he's learning. He's got his GED. He's, like, obviously has a drug problem. Like, the fact that he has to be there for two years is doing nothing for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's literally, he said to me, like, I can't, I'm going to stop fighting the things I can't control because there's so much that he can't control. And um, a minimum sentence, to me, it just it doesn't make sense. Like, why are we why are we ha- having a warehouse of people that aren't being rehabilitated, that they're slowly deteriorating? Like, what does that do for anyone? Right. And then when they come out, they can't be a functioning member of society because yeah. of all the fucking trauma. They have trauma. to check that box. Yeah. They have to check the box. I was, I have convicted a felon. Yeah. And then that, that's it. That's right. over for so many employers. And then, oh, and then it's ridiculous, too, that, like, mm, I just really want to talk about marijuana for a hot sec. It's um it's a good it's a very relevant topic. Right. And you know, 
states slowly, like one by one, are legalizing recreational medical marijuana. And then there are people who are in jail for it, and they haven't fucking released them. And then these old, normally white ladies are making money off weed, you know, when uh, when there are people in jail. Mm, sorry. <laughs> no, I feel, I, I think um, Pennsylvania is also a really especially interesting case because there is no, like, minimum. So if you have smoked weed or you inhaled a weed. A singular weed. A sing- secondhand weed like a month ago you know how long like people say weed stays in your system for like months yeah a month and something Mm -hmm. um that you will still be convicted for that on the same like level as you have two joints in your mouth right it's the Maybe Google that one. But <laughs> I think it's like the levels don't matter as much in Pennsylvania. Like you will still be convicted no matter what if it's a smidge from a while ago or if it's currently um, on you. And then you get convicted at different levels based on that. But it's always there's like a minimum conviction for that. I don't know. I think we're moving as a country towards um, legalizing marijuana. So that it's going to be interesting to see how the laws change like with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's going to be so many people who are going to be released. Hopefully. 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 I haven't really seen it yet. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if it was a, if it is a nationwide decision yeah. to legalize weed, it'll be interesting to see what the next move is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like my mom always says that alcohol is like the drug the U.S. chose. Like, mm-hmm. spe- like and she thinks it, it will be really hard for it to come federally, like for good old trumpy trump to put down a marijuana is legal thing um but i think that it's very interesting to think about how we chose alcohol as like the legal drug when alcohol does just as much damage if not more more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. because people have died from alcohol has anyone died from weed no people may have think they're dying from weed i think that it's a really interesting drug particularly because it's almost like a racist drug. Like people who, yes. like the people who, um, I tutored a man last year, Donnie, and he had another conviction for a nonviolent gun charge. He had a gun possession that he didn't use, but it wasn't licensed on him, which I believe he had gotten from one of his friends. You end up learning a lot about like their, their story. Right. Um, and he said, yeah, it sucks because on top of that, I had a small possession of pot and that just had another year and a half. Me and it was like, dude, you're Puerto Rican. You are have you have no real education. He had dropped out at eighth grade, mm-hmm. so he can't defend himself in these ways. That like right. you can talk to a cop and be like, hey man, I'm sorry. Like, and we we have this privilege to like talk our, our way out of things that we don't even realize. Like, you know, right? Oh. The world is fucked. <laughs> the world is fucked, and we live in a society. Do you have any takeaways? I know we could have this conversation for hours. I know. It's been, it's been a while. But, like, do you have any, like, when the listener, when listeners listen to this, what do you want them to take away from it? I guess um, educate yourself. Like, really think, think about what prison really is and who is in there and why. Not so much that they're prisoners and they're animals and they're... Um, a danger to society they're a threat to society more of why are we putting them in there and what 
can you do to um, just stay knowledgeable, I think, because not everyone really can have the time to volunteer or like go really get involved or maybe they're interested in completely different things, but um, stay knowledgeable, definitely, yeah. about all these issues because I think a lot's going to change in the upcoming years. I hope it does. Um, Hopefully. <laughs> but we need prison reform in this country for sure. Yeah. So we love to end our guest segment by saying, so you just shared something you're very open about, but what's something you're working on being more open about? It can be about anything. Oh, hmm. I'm like a really open book. <laughs> I don't know. Um, What am I not open about, dude? Wait, hold on. Or it could be like you're open to meeting new people as a senior or something like that. Oh. It doesn't have to be like some big bad secret you're about to share on the pod. No, please. Uh, juicy secrets only. Um. <laughs> I murdered three people. No, I don't, doesn't it feel good to get that off your chest? Oh, finally. <laughs> Thanks, finally. God, for telling us on the pod. Okay, one secret. I didn't secret? I was going to say, well, I'm going to try this year to be more on time to things because that's part that's of perfect. my personality now is I'm just, I was late to this. <laughs> I was late. By like mm. 15 minutes. I said 4.45. Came at 5. That's something. And you can all hold me accountable to it. We will. I'm like <laughs> always running and sprinting and sweaty. And I just, I think if I reorganize my life and woke up like 30 minutes earlier, then yeah. <laughs> this will be a good year. Yeah. So Alexis is going to be more open about being on time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be more apologetic about being late. That's really what's going to happen. But, that's uh, awesome. But that's like important to like recognize i guess yeah. about yourself anyway it's not good yeah i've been called out many times <laughs> but dude like thank you. this was this honestly awesome. this was so much fun i learned a fuck ton um cool. this is so like and we covered like such a wide range yeah. of topics like this was so exciting i feel like i blacked out i just like i don't even know what we talked about but it felt empowering <laughs> it felt good it felt good <laughs> i hope people listen to this and um join the lehigh prison project next year Please. It's fun. We're always looking for more tutors. Um, I will be graduating, so Shh. there's a spot. Someone graduating. No, right, the we G don't, word. I was going to say, we don't G say word. G word. G word. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So that's it for this episode of Sorry We're Open. This might be one of my favorite episodes that we've ever recorded. Honestly, I really loved this episode. We were so happy to have Alexis on. She was fantastic. I learned so much. Oh, yeah. So um, this is the part where I tell you that you should follow us on at Sorry We're Open Podcast and go over the polls. This also, I think, is like my favorite segment of the podcast where we discuss the polls. All right. So we polled. 52 people answered. Would you take a hiatus from drinking? <laughs> 70% of people said yes. Okay. But a surprising 30% said no. That is really high. Like, I think I could take a hiatus easy money. Right. I mean, I guess it's do you want to. Sometimes you, you might not want to. We have a lot of drunk alter egos. Oh, I'm so excited. So we have Santana, Daffodil, Le Petite Sauce, <laughs> Tony, Tiffany, Pam, Katie Owen, <laughs> Dramanda. Amanda, and my favorite one. one from our friend Jenny Lee. No stop. That's my drunk alter ego. <laughs> no stop. Incredible. All right. So the next one was on the new Selena Gomez song. If you said you did not like it, we should probably check out our friendship. <laughs> next. So wait, what was what were the ratios? Seventy one percent said they love it. Okay. Mm. Twenty nine. Not a fan. Mm. Just confusing. Okay. okay. Most people said they're a huge fan of Halloween. Seventy eight percent. I'm sorry for you. All right, your best Halloween costumes. Let's have the highlight reel here. 
Oh, these are good. A Jewel, <laughs> Little Pump and Kanye, Rue from Euphoria. Oh, <laughs> Maddie says, I was an ice cream cone in fourth grade and everyone thought I was a potato. <laughs> that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Maddie. <laughs> Stacy's mom, an avocado, oh, a my. bar of soap. That's an interesting one. Wow. And uh, Kato requests that we show the fans her avocado mm, costume. We'll maybe. Think about it, Kato. <laughs> and the last poll was trick-or-treating for adults. What the heck? Noah's winning with 58% of people saying no thanks. Don't you want candy? I think they, they should give out like little nips of alcohol for adults as like trick-or-treating. Genius, Lindsay. In addition to candy, of course. That is I love genius. candy. Wow. All right. So... That's it for this episode of Sorry We're Open. If you want to hit our line about being a guest or a topic suggestion, you know where to find us. Yeah, and uh, that's all she wrote, folks. Have a good week.